hopefully by the time you hit 30, you've got kids. Just being a bit more mature in your decisions. Definitely being an adult by that point. You know, like a real adult. <laughs> work, a lot of work, like being professional. <laughs> hey, I'm Laura Beth Kewen. I love cookies. I live on student allowance. When I visit my parents, they give me food to take home. And I'm flirting with 30. Taking all these troubles once again. It's six weeks until my 30th birthday. Things are getting real. This episode is about the perception that at 30, you know who you are. You'll have the confidence to flip off cat collars or tell kids on the bus to shut up. You'll know what you're good at. And that's you, forever. If you're not happy with who you are, tough cookies. Luckily, my guests today don't see it that way. You'll meet David Klein, who wrote a science storytelling show that's just all about making people curious about the world. And right now, Jenna Price, who wrote a viral article for the Sydney Morning Herald. It's entitled, On My 60th Birthday, This Is What I Wish I Knew 30 Years Ago. So I did the maths, and that's when she was 30, so it's perfect for me. I had the chance to talk to Jenna on the phone about her article and about my question. Is who you are at 30 who you are forever? I thought my life was over when I was in my mid-30s and I had three children under six and my career had stalled and um, I wondered where the hell I was going. And then I realized that that was, you know, there's a lot of stuff you travel through. You know, you're you're not even halfway there. You are maybe a third of the way there in your life. So you have a lot of time to do stuff. And not everything has to happen right now. And in fact, it can't happen right now because you don't have enough experience to deal with everything. And I mean, every day gives you more um, armory, more skills, more techniques to deal with what life throws at you. So don't panic about 30. Panic about 90 if you haven't done enough then. <laughs> Uh, what what made you want to write the article that was in the Sydney Morning Herald the other week um, that was all about your 60th birthday? Um, so when I was 40, I was talking to my husband about my life and my career and where we were headed and everything. And uh, I just started crying. I said, you know, um, I haven't done anything. I haven't achieved anything. I haven't made any made a difference to anybody's lives. And, um, I mean, he was just a very loving and supportive person and also thought I was a little bit mad. <laughs> um, but one of the things I realized is that all that energy that you have when you have children, which you're devoting entirely to your children, um, ends up being freed up when they leave home. Um, so you can do some things when, when they're small. You can do some things with your career and you can do some things with your activism. You can do some things with other jobs that you might do and also with your friendships and your other relationships but the the small children you have in your life take up a lot of energy as they should mm-hmm. um, so you can choose to expend your energy in different ways at different times of your life and that was really a, a real milestone for me to recognize that that was the case. One question that I've been wrestling with is that people seem to suggest that like you you know who you are when you're 30 or somehow your personality is fixed and I think for a lot of people it's meant to be reassuring but 
it's also a little bit of a terrifying prospect that you're not going to change. You're going to be the same person for the rest of your life. In your experience, do you think you're the same person you were when you were 30? Definitely not. I'm a lot less nice. (laughs) Uh, I have uh, less patience. Certainly the target of my ambitions has changed 17 times since I was 30. I'm more, I'm harder. I'm much harder. Uh, Because one of the things I've been able to get rid of between 30 and 60 is that appalling desire for everyone to like me. Mm. Which I think is something I observe in lots of women, old and young, but it's, it's very prevalent in young women while they're kind of feeling their way in the world. But the desire to, you know, be liked by people is really a bit of a curse because it stops you from taking risks. And it also means that you are trying to please people who are often unpleasable and don't add any value to your life. So, I mean, I am definitely not the same woman I was when I was 30. I was just such a pathetic people pleaser then. And I'm really glad I'm not that person anymore. Wow. Strong words. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get to be stronger when you're 60. Jenna had more great things to say. She's very proud of her activism. She contributes to a group called Destroy the Joint, which is all about ending violence against women. And she talked to me about what she's got planned for the next 30 years. So I'm going to release her full interview as a bonus episode. Look out for it on Friday. Back in Wellington... David Klein wrote a science show, and then he jumped on his bicycle and toured it all over New Zealand in what he called the Tour de Science. I spoke to him at the cafe in Natoanga Sound and Vision about his path to 30 years old. When I was 18, I went straight to university from high school, like a lot of people, and that was okay. I think, though, I did end up getting a little jaded or burnt out about the fact that I'd been studying my whole life and there was sort of a whole bunch of personal issues going on as well Uh, so it was about a year and a half of university and then it just the writing was on the wall and I I dropped out and started working in some factory jobs and so I decided to go to Christchurch to the University of Canterbury to study astronomy which I've always been really interested in I realized that astronomy was really hard and so Rather than dropping out, I went back to what I had been studying at the first university, which was biology. And I eventually scraped enough learning together and got a bachelor degree in biological sciences. Making you a scientist. Yeah. And you were still young. You were still young then. Yeah, I guess I was 26. And did you go on and work in science? No, so I was in Christchurch and it was 2011 and there was a big earthquake. Yeah. And so I decided to move to Melbourne. Um, and so I went to Melbourne and sort of lived the hipster dream of <laughs> working in cafes and making lots of money and spending it all on having a fun time and going <laughs> to movies and drinking and stuff. Uh, but I suppose as I was getting older into my later 20s, Uh-oh. I guess I just thought about where I was going in my life in a broad sense. Yeah, it does that to you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I would never have really thought that it would. Um, Yeah, so I moved to Wellington and I ended up getting a full-time job and becoming a nine-to-fiver, which definitely seems like an adult thing. 
that is, so far, a pretty standard millennial dreamscape of study and work and getting a degree somewhere in there and living overseas. And then, as you approach the end of your 20s, settling down. But even with adulthood looming, David's love of science sent him off on a new project. Yeah, I guess combining a love of science, public speaking background, and sort of a give-it-a-go feeling came together to make a show called Toward a Better Understanding of the Universe, which was in the 2015 Fringe Festival. It seems like part of the message of the show is um, science is cool first, and also you can keep learning even if you're an adult. You can keep being fascinated by the world. You can keep um, expanding your mind and your perception of the universe. Yeah, absolutely. What I have ended up trying to get across with the show and science storytelling in general is that anytime we want we can ask questions and we can find things out and that can happen forever, for your whole life. Great. How, how old are you now? I'm 32. Do you think you, your personality is at a, state, at, at a steady state? Do you think you've gotten to who you are now? So over the summer just been, I just, uh, I took this show on a bicycle trip around the country and I've kind of said, it's like a once in a lifetime thing, but then I usually say, well, it doesn't have to be if I can learn anything from what I've been saying, (laughs) reflecting on myself that, um, you know, I've been developing a lot and trying different things for for forever and that uh, undoubtedly will continue. Do you have anything that you're really curious about now that you're exploring? I thought about learning to skateboard. (laughs) In David's show, he does this bit where he plays around with big numbers. So I wanted to try to copy him. We all know how long a second is. There have been about 600 seconds in this podcast so far, not too many. Since I was born, I've spent 160 million seconds growing to school age. I spent 600 million seconds in formal education and only 190 million seconds truly doing my own thing. But over the next 30 years of my life, I will actually have 950 million seconds to do exactly what I want. And I can spend it sleeping and eating or learning to skateboard and loving the people I love and seeing amazing things and becoming better at the things that I care about, like telling great stories. If I'm driven like Jenna and curious like David, my 30s is a wide open space. It feels scary, but it feels free. Taking all these troubles once again. Well, flirting with 30 is all over the internet. Find me on Facebook. Find Laura B. Kewen on Instagram and on Twitter. It's K-E-O-W-N. Leave me a comment so that I know you're out there. Our theme music is by Martin Andrews and the B-Sides. You can find them on Bandcamp. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It's very helpful. Please do it. Thank you. I'm taking next week off, but there will be another show in a fortnight And I'm doing that topic that everyone's been waiting for. OMG, should I have kids? 
Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Flirting with 30. We'll get through this together. 